when you picked out like one line, I was like, oh, she read it. <laughs> she saw my soul a little bit. <laughs> It's time for what you should read. The podcast all about the titles you need. Join three book lovers and a guest as they cover all the best new titles to enjoy with your tea. I have that, but I haven't read it yet. Hi, I'm Julia. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kelly. And this is What You Should Read. The podcast where we should all over our books. We are so thrilled to have on the podcast Carolyn Prusa, whose debut novel, None of This Would Have Happened If Prince Were Alive, is coming out November 22nd. Carolyn, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, y'all. I'm super excited. We are so excited to have you here. We have a bunch of questions for you. We we loved the book. Um, So, Rachel, do you want to start us off? Sure. So Carolyn, we always ask our guests, um, the first question is always, what are you currently reading? Oh, I love that question. (laughs) Um, So I have a towering stack near my bedside that Mm -hmm. is super eclecto. And I just finished um, Celeste Ng's Everything I Never Told You. Did y'all read that? Yep. Not well, that I really loved it. I think I loved it more than Little Fires. Um, I did too. I, I haven't gotten her for her newest one, which everyone says is a maze. Um, and then I'm reading this author, um, Taylor Brown lives in Savannah. He has a book called Wing Walkers. And um, it is about set in the 30s. And it's about Faulkner as a child and also this um, couple that um, depression era flew around the country and did stunts, like wing walking. Oh, wow. Um, Which is good. And um, I saw him at a bar with his laptop um, having a beer on like a Saturday night and writing. And I was like, yeah, that's a work <laughs> ethic that I never had. Wow. Did you, did you introduce yourself and say, hey, we're in the Savannah Authors Club? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was probably like, back off, weirdo. I'm working. Aw. Um, no, he's super nice. And I'm um, hoping that he comes to my launch party with his girlfriend, who's a young teacher. Ooh, cool. nice. That'd be good. Great. So speaking of your launch party, can you tell us um, a little bit about your book? Maybe give us a brief synopsis. Oh, sure. So in 2016, Savannah got walloped by a hurricane um, named Matthew. And they, for the most part, had done okay with some of the major hurricanes. Like if you look at the map, it kind of makes sense. Um, but that one, and then there were a string after it, um, really beat us up. And, um, I just remember, <laughs> so there's this cycle of everybody sort of getting a little nervous, like, oh, it's coming. And then people start to full on panic. 
Um, and then you got to decide, well, are we going to wait it out? Are we going to scoot? Is the hurricane going to scoot? And um, it's sort of this wild intensity that I thought, you know, maybe other people don't deal with this every uh, July through November. Maybe this would be sort of fresh. Um, so that was one part of it. And another part of it is that I have been writing for a long time. And one of the criticisms that I get from teachers and workshoppers was that my writing lacks urgency, hmm. which probably comes as a surprise to no one. So I was like, okay, if I set this thing during the hurricane, then there's a start to it and then there's an end to it. And I got to get to it. Yeah. Wow. The book definitely has a sense of urgency. <laughs> yeah, you I did it. it. <laughs> um, awesome. And then, um, when you have to decide, okay, they always, by the way, cancel school when there's like one raindrop in Florida. Uh, so like if you are a working mom and you're juggling a lot of things, you got to sort of figure it out. So I thought, you know, well, what sort of things um, would the hurricane reveal um, when uh, people's schedules are thrown into chaos? And in this case, it reveals something kind of sad. Spoiler. Um, well, the books, I, I'm really excited that, you know, our read, our listeners will be able to read your book very soon. Um, do you remember where you were the day Prince died? Yeah, I was just doing mom stuff. I mean, I think I just got like an internet notification. What about you guys? I think, um, I think I was in the car with uh, my partner, who's a huge Prince fan, and I, I think he's still not over it. Um, much like the character in your book, who um, just you know has you know Prince has kind of like been part of her some touch points in her life it seems like um I think he feels similar similarly so it was kind of like a oh no and I I love Prince too but it's not not to that level um but it was definitely like one of those like oh my gosh moments Hmm. yeah I mean well that year we had a string of shocking celebrity death yes yes it was Prince David Bowie yep yeah George Michael for me, yep. that yeah. was hard. And it just kind of felt like, I don't know. I just like having creative people out there in the world. Just people that mm. just like ooze it from every pore. And like, we felt like we knew them. Yeah. Mm. Was Carrie Fisher 2016? I think she might've been. I th- she was the end of 2016. Yeah. Cause I was, I remember where I was, I was on my honeymoon. Um, when she went into the hospital, I was at Disney and I bought like a little Leia star Wars oh. Christmas ornament. And then I think she passed away a few days later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a, that was quite a year for celebrity deaths. Um, um we just think everybody's going to be around forever. Mm. I never saw Prince perform. That's like one of my big regrets. Same. Mm. Yeah. 
And he had just been in Baltimore, I feel like. Was it the year before, Kelly? I, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Recently, mm-hmm. for but sure. I missed, I missed my chance. <laughs> yeah, I think he had a tour. I think he was in Charleston. And maybe the tickets were like $150, which seems like adorable now. Because tickets <laughs> are so crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I remember at that time being like, oh, I want to go, but that's too much. You, you think that everybody's going to be around forever. Like, yeah. um, Mick Jagger. Right. Yeah. Well, it was definitely a, a big disruption, um, for sure when he died. And in, in a, in a similar way, the book's main character, whose name is Ramona. And I love that name. I, I love that you chose that name for her. Um, she's going through some big life disruptions as well. Um, as you alluded to something really big happens, um, in her marriage right at the beginning of the book. Um, she is dealing with her, her mom, who's getting older. She has two kids that, and one of whom she's really trying to potty train. (laughs) Um, and, uh, the other one whose teacher sends him home with a pet ferret named Clarence Thomas, or it's a guinea pig named Clarence Thomas, because it's named after famous Savannians, which I just, I just find that so hilarious. (laughs) Um, and all of this is happening during a hurricane, um, that they have to figure out what to do. Um, but I, I loved that the book kind of went back and forth between what the chaos of the current life to her past, because it kind of felt like, um, almost like a coming of age story, but for later in life, like coming, almost coming back to herself in a way. And Emily Henry is an author who, who describes the books that she writes as like coming of age stories, but for when you're older, um, which I just think is such a beautiful, uh, concept. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of us kind of go through those kind of big life changes and life experiences. Is this something you were thinking about when writing the book or, um, yeah. What was kind of your thought process there? Um, for two things, I think that it's easy to get lost, especially if you choose to be a parent in that period, that's so busy and exhausting. It's so easy to lose track of who you were, what you want, especially for women who, for some reason, sharing a bloodstream, I don't know, it just becomes very natural to subvert our own dreams and desires once we become parents. Um, So in some way, I wanted the storm, um, this discovery to shake Ramona out of autopilot, which um, she, she hasn't been rocking. Like maybe her kids are doing okay. They're half body trained, but she's definitely not happy and her marriage is pretty shitty. Um, so that was one thing. It's sort of coming of age or sort of just like digging out some of the stuff that she's piled on. She's piled on and just happens to pile on. Um, But it's interesting that you say that about the flashbacks because um, I put those in as a way because I was like, okay, if I only have three days, five of the hurricane and spoiler alert, we 
find out the husband was having an affair like at the beginning, then I was like, it's not an interesting story to have it from one person's perspective who is enraged for five days. That's not interesting because marriage is complicated. Um, She's not the best wife ever. She was a butt. Um, So, and does this ugliness and pain cancel out some of the more tender and wonderful aspects of their marriage? Um, So I kind of needed those old stories to give a fuller picture of them. Yeah, it it definitely worked for me. Um, And I love I loved the the scenes with her, her, her best friend, um, and just learn, you just like learn more about her throughout the book. And she, and like you said, she's rediscovering herself too. So I just, I just loved it. Um, other than Prince, um, who, who else would you say has had an influence in your life, um, artistically speaking or. Oh, writing wise or life wise. Either one. Oh, I can talk about this because I have a little, um, I got asked to do a blog where they talked about books that I read or authors that I read that influenced this one. (laughs) And one of the things that I included was Beyonce's Lemonade, which was awesome in 2016. Yep. They were like, ah, you can't put uh, albums. (laughs) But... When that came out, it just like blew my mind. Yeah. I like the music, the imagery, the rage, the like juxtaposition of all these sort of like um, Southern um, Gothic uh, images and then um, the poetry. Uh, So uh, that. in my head and that was also a story of um infidelity Mm -hmm. processing it sure was (laughs) um not that I could ever compare anything that I try to do to the queen um but what else I am obsessed with Gabrielle Zevin oh I love her yes yeah um and she uh, one of my favorites is Young Jane Young, mm-hmm. which if you haven't read yet, have y'all read it? It's so good. I love that book. Yeah. Um, what, who else? In general, like I got my um, MA at BU um, in creative writing, which I learned a whole lot, but I would say that emphasis was a lot on literary fiction. So for me to kind of, I started reading a lot of YA and I started reading a lot of women's voices, um, Gabrielle Zevin, Curtis Sittenfield, um, Lily King. And it was mm-hmm. kind of a reminder. There's all kinds of stories and there's all kinds of voices. Yeah, I think your your reading taste and our reading taste are very much aligned. You just listed yeah. three of our favorite authors. <laughs> I think that have been mentioned so many times. Yeah. Well, when I was when I was listening to y'all for research, which is um, when I got to hear the intro jam, the best song ever. Um, I was like making little notes, like, ooh, ooh, I want to meet that. I want to meet that. 
Oh, that's great. That's what, that's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 All the shit heads. Yeah. I'm a that's shit right. Head. You're a shit head now. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> it feels good. It feels great. Good. Um, so what do you do when you're not writing? I, I hear that you, um, have been working on a campaign. Oh yeah. Um, I saw an alligator today when we were, <laughs> when we were canvassing. Yeah. It was pretty big too. I'll send you all a picture. Oh my gosh. So I have been, uh, active in gun violence prevention for, uh, probably ever since Sandy Hook. And um, I live in Georgia, and we have notoriously lax legislation. And as a result of that, a decent amount of pretty horrifying statistics. So um, one of the things I do is try to help um, people in the community, legislators that uh, support, we call it gun sense legislation. And uh, we got an election coming up. Everybody's got a big election coming up. So we're out there talking to voters today and meeting alligators. Well, uh, hopefully the alligators do not get in the way of you getting Stacey Abrams elected. Right. Um, well, I was like to the alligator, like, did you make a voting plan? Getting <laughs> started. Here's your precinct. You know, bring your ID. Um, That's great. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. The early numbers have been great, but um, I've been we keep hurt. hope alive. I've yeah. been hurt before. Um, Kelly, over to you. Oh, um, I okay. Then, then I'm going to do it. Uh, have you gotten to meet Stacey Abrams? No, I've seen her talk a bunch of times. I'm kind of shy about it. Um, <laughs> I just think she's the coolest. She's great. Yeah. Um, she's actually, also an author. She is. Like, how does she find the time and the energy? Don't she know. must. She must not mean, need much sleep. But before I sold this book, um, I had a couple like phoners with editors who are kind of interested. So that's one thing that happens. It's like they kind of tell you what they think would be good for a rewrite. Mm. Or maybe they're trying to find out if you're bananas. I don't know. But sometimes you have phoners before you actually sell it. And I had one with the editor who had worked with Stacey Abrams. Ooh, that's great. Who didn't buy my book. But in my head, I was like just imagining us all like going to lunch together being best friends yes i mean like we're the same editor do you want to hang out and like crush the patriarchy together <laughs> we both live in georgia yeah. we're the same editor <laughs> be amazing politically active i mean i yeah. i think it's a friendship that's meant to be yeah i actually like don't think this is too far out of the realm of possibility so i say go- next time you see her i say go for it introduce yeah. yourself I do feel like if she asked me about romance genre, though, I would come up short. She also has a political thriller, though. So she oh. is also, I know, she's she's just too talented. Um, she has too many 
uh, talents, but, um, but yeah, it's all, you're, you're both authors, so it's all good. We'll make it happen guys. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so this book is set after Prince died, but before the election, and it occurred to me that, that that exact time was the last time that I felt uncomplicated hope, which I, I tweeted at you about. Um, did you wh- why did you specifically include references to the 2016 election? And was it to make me cry or was that a uh, a fun a fun side effect? I would never want to make you cry, Kelly, unless it feels good. Um, so part of the backstory is I turned 40 in 2016 and I threw myself um, a giant party in the backyard with a taco truck and my husband's band played and he surprised me by singing here comes my girl by Tom Petty another celebrity death that hurts um and that same week we had to evacuate for Hurricane Matthew so um it was like yay happy birthday fun party and, and like pack up all the stuff and get rid of the um perishables and what are we gonna need and what are we gonna get out of town um and that, so when we came back there was still like nice cards and stuff for my birthday party but like the trees were knocked over nobody had Ooh. power everything yeah. was leveled and then the election which didn't go my way was just a couple weeks after that and <laughs> I just felt like the time before that and after that was it was like that was a different time I was so young and innocent then um yeah and, and then yeah. I was I was just depressed for a long time I know I, I look at pictures of myself of that night you know when I, we all still had all this hope and I'm like, wow, I, I look so much, so much younger and like happier. Oh. You do. I have a picture. I wore my white blazer to vote. I was like, this is it y'all. This is the yeah. future. And we were wrong. We were so wrong. Oh, but she but got 3 million more votes. <laughs> For the record. Um, but there's people out there. There's people like Stacy. There's wonderful volunteers working out there. Yeah. Um, yep. We got to have hope. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So, um, um, but yes, it was a very... Um, <laughs> it was just like a naive time and I, I there's a part where the character's like ah like she's like mom is not gonna win like don't get your panties in a wad but like we all thought that yeah I had to put the book down at that part oh, yeah just like walk around a little bit I was like oh my god I think I said yeah. the exact same thing <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's okay we're we're all healing one day yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of, of hope as, as someone who always needs new things to read, um, are you working on any new projects now? Please say yes. Yes. Um, the next one is kind of about 
it's kind of that like mean girl, mean girl repercussions, like um, among kind of parents. There's like microcosm mean girls, and then there's like tension in the parenting world. Um, and I'm having fun with it. It feels fun to start something new and messy and weird because um, you go through so many drafts when on the way to publication, but and you're like, ah. I hate this thing. I don't want to write about these characters anymore. So it feels really fun to start in something new. And also weird because there's a little bit of pressure. Not that anybody's going to buy this book, but it's kind of like, oh, like when I have a draft, I actually have someone who's going to read it and care a little more versus when you write your first book and you're just in this turret of imagination and you don't know if anybody's going to see it. Right. Um, so when does the next, when, because well, we, we will definitely read it. <laughs> do you, when, do you know when? Well, I don't it- want to read it right now. Cause it's like 50,000 shitty, crappy blah words, but um, I'll let you know. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm always, I'm just fascinated. Um, I'm told I have an awesome agent who's my favorite person in the whole wide world. And I was like, I think that like choosing to have a family may seem like a traditional choice, but I think like that journey is so weird. And <laughs> Um, the way that people interact and the things that happen, it's just like a wild, wild adventure. So in that book, I'm sort of dealing with this conflict between parents and that little world. Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to argue with you, um, cause that, that feels like a, a weird thing to do, but I very much want to read that like immediately, please. So that sounds um, amazing. Well, but I if I already made you cry, you might you might cry by some of some of the, the current sloppiness. But I'll fix it. I, I, I cry at everything. There's there's no there's no prize for that because I cry at everything all the time. Same. Yeah. Crying in advance about a montage I was thinking about making. <laughs> Aww. Cute. feels good to cry it's cleansing yeah, yeah. for sure i was um, watching this comedy sketch and the and um it was uh the man started crying he's like no i won't cry and she said no no it's good to get your emotions out um it's it, you know it's cleansing it's healing and we're act and like broke the fourth wall and we're actors so we don't have the money for therapy <laughs> the audience <laughs> and he was like the audience laughed too hard at that <laughs> Um, have y'all listened to the Taylor Swift? We've been talking about that. I have not had time because I've had family in town all weekend and I want to give myself enough time to just sit with it without any distractions. But <laughs> both Kelly and Rachel, I think, have listened multiple times at this point. Yes. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm behind. Um, she has a lot of sort of like 
therapy moments for her mm-hmm. fans in this one. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. It's still, it's still like, I can't wait. I'm, I'm late to the Taylor train, so I can't, I don't even know if I can call myself a fan because I only hopped on when she started making indie records. <laughs> it's, it's really funny you say that because, um, we just taped, um, the next episode too. And I am also very, very late to this, like very late. So, right. I think it counts. We count. We're, we're just new. I will and say either. though, of all of us, Rachel is the OG Swift uh, since, yes. since the first album. She's very quiet over there about it. She's like, this is a whole other podcast. Oh yeah. I, if I start, I will never stop. But yeah. yeah, I'm the same age as Taylor Swift. So like I grew up with her music, like narrating my life. So uh, Rachel, I will, re- I still remember with the first time she performed, I think at the CMAs or something like that, you would yeah. not stop talking about it. So yeah. it's, like, it's true. <laughs> um, I think I was boxed out. Well, so that's interesting. Cause I'm older than you and Taylor. And I think I was boxed out by like the, again, the, the romance emphasis of it. I'm like, ah. yeah. um, and the whole, like talking about the Kardashians and the inside jokes and the boyfriends. I was just like, ah. but <laughs> then she started, she made that beautiful indie record. And I was like, right on. Yeah. Let's be friends. Yeah. I'm a firm believer that her music is for everyone. Because I feel like you can like apply it to your own life in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, this one's good. It's good. It's dark and poppy. Kind of mm-hmm. weird sometimes. Yeah. I'm into it. Cool. Yeah. You don't have to tell us, Julia. Okay. I'm gonna. <laughs> I, I am gonna listen. I promise. <laughs> yeah. We know. It's okay. <laughs> um. But I just want to say too, like speaking of um of therapy moments, there is a line in your book um about a flimsy costume made up of people I think I should be. And that is like I oh. I mean, I'm not a mom, so I I don't relate to it on that, but I think I think every woman can probably just be like, I know I know exactly what that is. I, There's I'm no question. So <laughs> I'm so glad you like that. It- it meant a lot to me that you picked out a line because this process is it's so weird and people will be like, oh, but like when you picked out like one line, I was like, oh, she read it. <laughs> she saw my soul a little bit. Um, yeah, well, and part of that is um, I want women to read it like we're just trying to do so much. Um, Mother, non-mother, full-time, you know, stay at home. We just take on so much and um, judge ourselves so harshly Mm. and each other sometimes, which sucks. Um, So I really hope a lot of women find this book and and are reading are like yeah right on and maybe it makes them giggle a little bit or like feel not alone just 
I know so many women who, you know, could use a nap and a beer. Mm. Like they're doing so much. Yeah. 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 Um, but finally, when we're not discussing politics and books and chocolate and Taylor Swift, we are a book recommendation podcast. So what what should we read? Mm. Okay. What has rocked my world lately? Oh, did everybody read The Gunkle? No. I, I, have I, it, have I haven't it. read it yet. Oh, okay. Stephen Rowley. It's set in Palm Beach. It is about grief. Um, and he's sort of a super narcissistic ex-actor, and he takes care of his niece and nephew over the summer while the family is dealing with stuff. And um, just an example, like uh, maybe I'm getting that Kelly might like, uh, just like something that makes you laugh, but also has so much heart. Oh. It sounds amazing. I do want to, I do want to read it. I have um, the audio book. I really want to listen. Oh, and he, the author does audio and he's great. Oh, okay. Um, oh, everybody, did everybody read Yerba Buena? Am I saying that wrong? Ooh, I did. Yes, I loved, that. I loved it. <laughs> Nina Core. Um, I just thought that prose was so beautiful. Mm. And... I'm not a foodie, but I love the descriptions. Mm. Sometimes I, love I get when... really bored when people talk about food for hours. Oh. <laughs> I um, love when books describe food. <laughs> Same. Okay. And let's say, um, and I just thought there were all these characters that were just trying to do their best. And I was rooting for them. There was like something so beautiful about that. Mm. Um, bomb shelter, Mary Laura Philpott. Um, it's essays. Ooh, okay. Um, she is out of Nashville, and um, and and some of the stuff we were talking about with the election is like little themes under there. She um. Uh, I'm not dead. She describes herself as somebody who's anxious. So she's like wound a little more tightly than me in terms of parenting, but um, just beautiful writer. And that that's one that'll make you cry. Bomb shelter. Sounds great. I'm going to have yeah. to look that one up. <laughs> well, Carolyn, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, if, our listeners want to find you or follow you. Um, are you out there on social media? Where can they, where can they give you a follow? Give me a follow on the Twitters. That's just Carolyn Prusa. Um, I'm kind of lazy about that, but I'm getting better at it or trying to. Um, I joined Twitter because it's a big thing in the publishing world, but then all I do is like troll my representative. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if that was the goal. Um, or Instagram is also at Carolyn Purcell. 
Okay, great. And and listeners, don't forget that you can pre-order None of This Would Have Happened If Prince Were Alive, um, which comes out November 22nd. You can pre-order it now. It's available to pre-order on Libro FM, uh, as well as wherever books are sold. Yeah, and come follow me and then message me or do a comment of your favorite print song. Ooh, what's your I favorite print like song? Um, my, one of mine is actually like a semi-deep cut that Cindy Lauper covered. Do you know When You Were Mine? I love that one. I love that song. Oh, I love that song so much. So okay, listen to the Prince version. Yeah. Yeah. Ani DeFranco does a cover of it too. What? Yeah, there's a live Ani cover. Um, I forget which album it's on, but I uh, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, I, I think you could probably find it like on YouTube or something. <clears throat> it's gorgeous. <clears throat> Great. Um, I also like. Have you heard uh, another one? Chris Cornell covered Nothing Compares to You. Yeah. Oh, I haven't oh, heard that cover. It's spectacular. Yeah, it's good. I thought of myself as a Chris Cornell head, <laughs> but it's beautiful. Yeah. Nice. I think if it's nice. not When You Were Mine, my favorite Prince song would be Let's Go Crazy. <laughs> that it's one's so just good. so much fun. It's so good. Yeah. I never, like, I never get tired of that. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> sometimes they play Wind Dogs Cry on my 80s station. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I'll skip that one. Everyone. That's probably them. the one that they play the most. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also a live version of Purple Rain where he does like a call and response with that um, gospel singer that he's, who whose name was escaping oh. me. Um, wow. I'll find that. I'm going to email all of these to you. Yes, please do. <laughs> Good. I'll try to find the Ani cover too, and I'll send it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks again. This was fun. Yes. So that's our show. And as Julia said, you can pre-order this on Libro FM. If you don't already have an account, use promo code WYSR and you'll get two books for the price of one. Yes, and be sure to follow us on social media, WISR underscore podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. You can email us at what you should read podcast at gmail.com. And please give us a rating and a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And now you know what you should read. You're welcome. Go to sleep, Michelle. You know what you know what you should read. You know what you should read. You know what you should read. It's time for what you should read. The podcast all about the titles you need. Join three book lovers and a guest as they cover all the best new titles to enjoy with your team. I have that, but I haven't read it yet.